well, at least for my time, uh, it's actually like 1.30 in the afternoon, and um, I just woke up. So thank you for listening to Inspire by with me, Sean. Um, thank you for, you know, listening to the podcast, having a good time, and, you know, sending those positive vibes out there, because that's what it's all about, just making life easy for everybody, even yourself. Um, so today, uh, well, actually, this last week has been, like, uh, really, whoo, uh, it's been a, a long week. Um, been watching Advocately, the Olympics, and uh, just blown away by the athletics of people and just, like, how well these people perform under so much pressure. And um, it, it just, it, I... I personally, as a as an eighteen year old, would never have had been like on that kind of a level. So, um, to see these young adults um, performing and doing these amazing things is just so inspiring, and um, uh, it just really makes me reflect as an athlete uh, adjacent, I guess. Um, well, you know, once a marathon runner, always a marathon runner, I suppose. Um, once a triathlete, always a triathlete, and uh, when you do uh, obstacle courses, you know, you just, it's, it's like having that, that taste of blood, and you're just like, ah, I want to do it again, so uh, that's, I, I understand, I can totally relate to some level without narcissism of what that experience is like and just as like even just be there and you know not even uh, win first place but just to do something is just fun to do too you know and um and and and, and it, it really just does come right down to the experience you know uh this last week on wednesday i did a 5k and uh I didn't get first place. I'm not I'm not a first place person. I never have and I never will be. That's just you know what I mean? Like when you're like in middle school, high school, uh college and as an adult and like you never once placed in like anything and you just kinda realize I'm more like the <laughs> the support cast, like, especially for a team. I'm I may hinder you, like <laughs> I level, I level the playing field, like, I'm that kind of person, <laughs> um, in, in teams, uh, to, uh, this Wednesday night, or was it Thursday night, uh, I went to, it was Thursday night, I went to a karaoke joint, and they had, um, a pool hall, and, uh, uh, friends, and, um, and, and, and everybody were, like, there, and, We've got some people that I didn't realize were really into uh, pool, and so for me, never playing pool ever, uh, I picked up a pool stick and shot, and it was just, it was horrible. (laughs) Uh, I did not, however, make the eight ball go into a pocket that night, so I was really proud of that, but... uh, I realized <laughs> with the teams that we were set up, we had two guys who were like really into like playing pool, and I've got this 
I'm teamed up with this guy who's really, really good at, at, at shooting and planning, like down to if the cue ball goes down, it comes back, like where do I want it to be positioned so it's harder for the other team to attack or, you know, um, try to make a shot count. And for me, I'm just like, that one looks like a clean shot. Boom. Oh, oh I guess it didn't. <laughs> Did it work out for me, as usual? <laughs> so, uh, yeah, like, I'm, I'm that person who levels out the team, and I make sure that, I guess I'm that person that will always um, uh, make the really good people seem normal, you know? <laughs> so, I... Uh, so yeah, I've been watching Advocately the Olympics, uh, the skating portion, um, it just, I don't know, like, I, I fall, I'm falling asleep, it's like 10 o'clock, uh, my time, 9-ish, 10 o'clock-ish my time, and, uh, the skating portion comes on, and, I, all I've got to say, as far as a critique for how NBC is, per, I guess, in, what do you call it? putting their show on is they've got Mark Hamill who if you don't know who any of these names are we'll I'll just run them through so Mark Hamill is a legend of a skater he to me I believe he's the only or the first male skater to do a backflip but he's also like you know a, a cancer survivor and he's just amazing like he like, I just, I remember being a kid and watching him and just being just amazed and just taken away by him as a skater. And, um, so for the Olympics, they have him anchoring as a, you know, skater guru, which he is. And, um, the only weird part is that, like, you know, they're trying to, like, explain why skaters do the things that they do do like why do they always spin counterclockwise or what is a axle what's a triple sow cow what's a frappuccino mixed upside down with you know soy milk and cream on top um <laughs> but like here's the thing so they'll have them in the studio mark hamill they'll you know bullshit for all of like 10 minutes, and then they'll cut to commercial with this teaser that Mark Hamill's going to talk about how to, or why people, um, ice skaters spin counterclockwise. So then, you know, you're, you're, you're waiting for the commercials to get over with, and then you see Mark Hamill in his skates in this small little, like, ice skating space, like, I, it can't be... It can't be too big of a of a mini. It's like it seriously is a mini mini rink, right? And then he's just standing there with his fucking mic, and he's just like, "Okay, so I'm gonna explain to you how or why you know skaters can't you know spin counterclockwise." And then he doesn't really. He did like one spin, but it was like this. It looked like something I could do grace like not as gracefully but you know like otherwise he just kind of was like segueing into these like four different uh video clips of other athletes spinning counterclockwise and um and explaining why they do it and so 
uh, it was kind of, it was just so weird, like, just to see him for all of 10 seconds, it felt like, in his skates, on a mini rink, for, it, it honestly just turned into, like, why are you even doing this? Why are you even on, on the rink? Why are you, why did, why did you even, like, change shoes and put a jacket on? This makes, like, it made no sense. Like, so much effort went into that for a hype for nothing, you know? And, uh, and it wasn't just that one time. There's been multiple times I've seen Mark Hamill do this, and, uh, it, it, it just, as a viewer waiting for the skating portion to pick up, it was just so weird, it was just, I don't know, like, unnecessary, I guess is the best word to say, (laughs) unnecessary for Mark Hamill to then have to put on a pair of, you know, skates to then stand on ice and talk about skating without him really skating, you know, and, uh, and so then, um, We've got the actual skating show, and this is where it just pretty much, like, verbally, like, I'm trying to enjoy the show, much like how nationals are, or, you know, the lead-ups to that are, and I, (laughs) America's really good at commentating. And commentating to the extent that, like, you seriously just can't just watch a show and then wait for the program to be over with. No, we've got to critique as the show goes on. We can't just have, like, you know, a show where we watch the skaters do their their thing, wait for the judgment, and then have our commentators commentate on X, Y, and Z. And the commentator specifically that I have like a really huge problem with is Johnny Weir who isn't to me a significant skater it's he's just kind of like a um uh pretentious individual someone who's good at what he does but not to me seems like has the gravitas of opinionation that I would hold him up to Mark Hamill. If Mark Hamill was doing his job, it would be more educational, I believe, or more better. Yeah, we'll use that as a as a term. And uh, so uh, examples would be you're watching a guy skate, you've got a female uh, anchor and then him and you've got like this other third guy who's just probably a NBC like you know guy who's just kind of making sure that these two are doing their job right and uh, uh, so you're watching this program and the chick is like oh that's like a, that seemed like a really good program and Okay, you know what? I'll I'll roll with that as a as a comment because you're a commentator. You're going. That's your job to comment on how well the program was, minus you know X Y and Z issues that may have been out there. But you know what I'm saying like 
overall, if that's how you feel, that's how you feel, right? Everyone is entitled to their opinion, whether or not you agree with it or not. And that is exactly Johnny Weir's job, is to say why your opinion is invalid. And so it's really, it's really annoying and it's really... So um, I just had the cleaning lady come into uh, the hotel room that I'm staying at. So uh, it was uh, just one of those weird recording moments because uh, I do this live and that's just, I guess, how life is. Just full of plot twists. Um, so, uh, she was really nice though, uh, not to like sidetrack off the Olympics, but, um, we'll get back into the Johnny Weir bashing that I kind of feel like I'm going into, uh, and, and well, I'll just end it and just say like, honestly, he, he's very unnecessary. Uh, his comments are very unnecessary and, uh, uh, even to the extent of him, like telling the other commentator, literally to her face, you're wrong. And it's just, it's so uncanny and weird. So, uh, the cleaning lady just came in and she was asking me if, uh, I was singing uh, earlier this week. And I was like, yeah, I sing, a, I sing a little. Um, if y'all follow me on the voice app, uh, under the name Sean Graves with like a little hyphen in between the names, um, you can hear all the song covers that I do, and you can even sing with me on some collabs that I throw out there, and yeah. So uh, she was like telling me about how on Thursday, um, uh, she was saying about how like coworkers were walking down or up and down the uh, hallway, and they were like, yeah, someone's like, I think someone's like really like singing their heart out or something like that and uh one guy was like I guess her supervisor was like no 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 that's like an mp3 player or something because that's like way too good of uh, a song to uh to be uh I guess someone really singing live and so she asked and I was like yeah I sing like a little and you know I don't <laughs> I don't uh, have like professional uh, singing talents and stuff like that. And she's like, you should be like on The Voice or American Idol. And I was like, well, ironically, back in 2006, I did try out for American Idol. And um, I uh, went down to San Antonio for two days. Uh, one day I was standing in line, got through a couple of, well, the, the signups, the paperwork, standing in line to then have to be... <laughs> They have like a screening process for the whole thing where you have to sing in front of other judges and then they will weed out uh, the talent uh, for that day to then go up and then you see the, you know, three judges, uh, Randy Jackson, Paul Abdul, and uh, Simon. So, uh, you know, like, it, it, was a, it was an experience to see how a show is actually put on because they only show you you know the bells and whistles they don't actually show you the nitty-gritty so to share that with you was um kind of kind of like huh I've totally forgot about that whole blip in my life because it was like it was just seriously like one weekend um going down to San Antonio when I used to live in Oklahoma so uh so that was that was actually kind of nostalgic um okay so here's my here's my next bit uh, so 
spoiler alert for all of those who haven't seen the Black Panther, but I'm going to talk about the movie because I just saw it last night on IMAX. And um, I don't, I really don't think I'm going to ruin the movie because uh, I'm not going to go into details about it. But I will say, though, as a quick review, um, as a movie, it's good, but I have very small issues. And I'm not just trying to be like that person on the internet who's like, you know, bashing art or, you know, not, I'm just, I'm just saying like, for what it was worth, for the $14 I just paid for, um, for backseat, you know, uh, tickets, um, with, you know, a whole screen in front of me, uh, how can I explain my experience? I'm just going to say my experience for the Black Panther. It was like watching three mini movies in one movie with, with like a superhero umbrella, if you will. And the first bit or the first act is like just pretty much like coming to America where, you know, you've got this utopian group of people who are very well off and you've got this king and you know, the sun and the the queen, and you've got this hierarchy, right? And everyone is just very like, this is the king, this is the queen, this is the Black Panther, you know. Uh, it does very, it does start off, you know, initially with action and all that stuff, but really, when you get to, like, what actually, like, Act 1 is all about, it's just pretty much coming to America before the prince goes off to America, and uh, you just find out how well-to-do off uh, our protagonist really is. And it, it kind of, again, makes it pretentious. And, um, and then Act 2 is mission subword clearly impossible uh, slash James Bond, Bondish. And why I say that is because like the main part of Act 2 is for our protagonist, the Black Panther, to uh, get the bad guy, right? Who is handled very, very wrong in this movie. Like, we could have seriously just had this bad guy be the bad guy that we all want him to be, and instead we just get, like, this mishandlement of him as a character like it, it honestly as a bad guy he was so good that he almost eclipses the protagonist in the movie and uh so it was it was really hard to see him go actually when uh when when things go awry and then you find out who the real bad guy is and then then we then after act two which is what all that's about um we get into act three and Act 3 can just literally be summed up in, if you've ever seen The Lion King, this is what your next hour and 30 minutes is, is The Lion King. We've got, you know, our token Scar character who shows up, dethrones our, our king, and everyone who was in the hierarchy or patriarchy uh, freaks the fuck out and goes coup, and then we have to have our, our uh, protagonist come back and save 
the kingdom, right? And that is essentially the movie. Coming to America, Mission Impossible slash James Bond gone wrong with the Lion King ending. And uh, so <laughs> here I am leaving the the theater with some of my friends and uh, I, the first words out of my mouth was, what kind of Lion King bullshit was that? And everyone was like, whoa, we didn't even think like that would even be a movie reference. And I was like, no, like that was clearly like what we just invested our whole life and time to, you know? So, um, so is it a good movie? I would clearly, I would seriously like, I'd give it three stars as a generous movie three star. Like if there was a formula out there for movies or for art, three stars, my highest being five. Right. Um, but like after after sleeping on it like and waking up the next day like just kind of like thinking about what i saw like honestly it just it feels like a two and a half star but that three star like you know 0.5 might as well round up the three kind of you know thing a lot of the actors are good like they're good actors um you know they sold the movie they sold the acting. Um, a lot of the strong female characters, I can see that, like, I, I can see why they have the actors that they do, um, as a supporting cast, and that was great, and, um, you know, they've got a lot of actors from, uh, key movies that I myself was like, oh yeah, he played Saw Gerrera in Rogue One, or hey, she was in that, um, uh, Medea goes to jail movie or like you know <laughs> just all these you know actors that I'm just in there going like oh yeah like you know for the actors who they are I know their body of work to some degree or another so it was it's it's for that reason like it's good on the other side like just the overall thread of tissue paper that this movie was built on I don't, I would not suggest, I, I would just, I would just, I, would I, would, I would never go, I would not go back to theater to go watch it again. That's, it's not that kind of a movie. It's literally a one and done kind of movie, but like with it being the 18th Marvel movie that has been released, um, it, the studio knows what they're doing, but at the same time, like, for, I feel like for seasoned movie people who are people who have seen movies, uh, you know, it's, it's really, I, I would dare to say, challenge me on the three acts that I just, you know, critiqued or commentated on and then try to rebuttal as to why you don't feel like those three movies are not uh, applicable to the Black Panther movie. Because I will literally tell you, it, I mean, without, for this podcast, I'm not going to get into it, but um, I'd be more than glad to carry on a conversation with someone to say why those three films, as a subplot or thread, um, does work. You know, and it just, it really feels like it's an undersold movie of, um, a potential, you know what I mean? 
Okay, so now that I've got that under my belt, I've got the Olympics done, Black Panther. Um, so I signed up for a new obstacle course. It's called uh, Terrain in Pensacola. It's uh, a 10K and it's got over 20 different obstacles. And um, I signed up with a team called Lazies. And, <laughs> and, um, it's it's gonna be fun. Like I love I love obstacle courses. I love I love the idea of going above and beyond and finding out that I can accomplish uh, obstacles. I I kind of view them as like obstacles in my life and in your head as you run up to an obstacle, you go like, how can I accomplish this? without killing myself, you know, and, um, and, uh, it, it, it's, it's really fun, I, I, I dare to tell anybody who's never done an obstacle course, even if it's, like, something that is not on your roster of life to ever try to do, try it, and tell me you didn't have a good time at the end of the day, like, I don't care if, you know, someone pushed you or if, so, like, because I've never had someone push me through an obstacle course, but, um, if, if, if you have never gone through an obstacle course, you have, I, I would, I would dare you to say that you would never have had, had fun because it is fun. Like, you know, uh, this, the ideas of what people throw at you and try to make you challenge even yourself to go above and beyond and accomplish it's just it's it's mind-blowing it's mind expanding it's bodybuilding it's uh finding out in yourself as a journey um just just seeing and feeling the experience afterward of you know accomplishment really and and you can apply it to anything whether you're going through a tough time money problems uh, your own, like, maybe self-unhappiness, you know, like, if, if you find yourself in a, in a time or in an area where you're not able to, uh, feel like you can overcome something uh, without realizing it's just an obstacle, you know, in life, and you can overcome anything, you know, that's, that's honestly how I view obstacles, and so um, I've got until April 7th to train up. That means I've got a lot of 5Ks to run in between. Um, here in Pensacola, they have a, uh, a beer 5K thing every Wednesday where um, you literally run a 5K and then you have pasta and beer right afterward, and it, sa- it's, it sounds really fun, so next week I've got to try it, because this last week, on Wednesday, they had uh, two, the, well, the, the beer 5k, and then they had this other one for, like, a uh, heart run, or whatever, because it was Valentine's Day, and all that, so I opted for the 5k heart run, and um, so next week, when I do my my next 5K, uh, oh, oh, speaking of which, personal record goes to me. Um, so 
So I ran my 5K in 22 minutes and 12 seconds, which makes it a seven, seven minute, eight second mile, which is a personal record for me. And so like, I'm still trying to figure out like why that is, but, um, I, I, I do know, like, for example, that when running in Washington, there's a lot of hills in Washington. Um, I, I, I can't really say much for like the Eastern side of Washington, but what I can say as far as the West coast, the, um, Puget sound area, there's a lot of hills. And I think that training on those hills for a long period of time, um, well, okay, like a year and a half, <laughs> not really a whole lot, but what I'm getting at is, is like for training on that and then going to nothing but sea, um, shoreline, uh, flat course, like it was just complete, I feel like I didn't feel like I was running very fast. I didn't feel like I was running very hard either. I was just, you know, running a 5K. And apparently, you know, with that 22, 12, uh, uh, 5K run, and then I did the number crunching, I was like, oh my gosh, like, you know, a, a year ago, I ran a mile and a half in nine minutes and 40 some odd seconds. And that was pretty much like right after the marathon. So I was really in shape and really, really trucking, right? And um, the Whidbey Island Marathon is not easy. I mean, it is a Boston Marathon qualifier, but like it is not the easiest one to try to qualify on because the hills are just high in elevation. And um, with that, it just makes the, the it makes it feel like the run is just really, really long because you're nothing but climbing up and down, up and down, and maybe just like for all of three areas, are you ever just like running straight without a hill involved, you know? And so, uh, so just to run the marathon in five hours was, um, was an accomplishment and, and, and it is an accomplishment for myself as a athlete, but then like to, to see that nine minute mile and a half, I was like, wow, like that's really fast. I don't think I've ever ran a mile and a half that fast before. And then I ran a 5k and my mile was seven, seven minutes. I was like blown away going like, how did I shave off those two minutes? Like where, where have those two minutes been all my life in the time that I've been in Washington for three years? It's just astounding and amazing, and I don't think I'll ever understand, but I think I've explained maybe some of the differences between the two areas, but I, I don't know if elevation has much to play with it or, um, you know, like the lack of uh, hills has anything to really do with it. I just think that um, I'm in a really good shape, uh, or I feel very fit in my life right now, very prime for my age being 29 and, um, and yeah, like I'm just, I'm really excited for April 7th, uh, for the obstacle course. I have no idea what those obstacle courses are going to be, uh, you know, for like the Tough Mudder, um, I did look up YouTube videos to see like what you know, I, I literally just signed myself up for, um, 
this time around, I'm just going to leave it all as a mystery and then see, like, how how that is. And we've all seen, like, videos of, like, the Spartan races and, like, what, you know, shenanigans they go through, which is, again, extraordinary. And I do want to accomplish a uh, Spartan race in the future. But uh, for 2018, um, starting off with an obstacle course and building myself up with 5Ks is just going to be amazing. So, uh, so there's that. And, um, one way in which, um, <laughs> uh, uh, I'm going to start, uh, getting stronger is, um, so, so while I'm in Pensacola, I'm, uh, training with Marines and I, I hold their, um, their personal training to such like a high standard. I don't know why, but I just, I just view them as, you know, just killers, you know what I mean? Like, they just kill everything from from working out to, you know, just anything they put their minds to. I, and I know they're just people, but, I mean, like, there's a, I feel like there's just a discipline there that, like, otherwise not a lot of people have or are molded to. So um, I signed up to train with them, and um, afterward there's this, uh, program, I think it's called MAP or something like that, like, I'm still trying to remember what the hell this program is, but, um, essentially, it's self-defense, and, uh, they, the trainer said, like, yeah, we're gonna get you up to being a green belt, and I've never personally have ever done, um, self-defense of any type at all. Now, like, just, like, to give you a heads up, like, self-defense for me is, like, at all costs trying to avoid, but if I have to, I'll get scrappy. You know what I mean? Like I am not trained for crap about, uh, self-defense. And I've only been in like maybe three fights, like real fights in my life. And that was back in middle school and high school. But, uh, and like, like other than that, again, it was just scrap. Like it wasn't, you know, Kung Fu or whatever, or jujitsu. It was none of that. So to actually be trained is going to be extraordinary for me. And again, another thing that I'm really proud for 2018 uh, to open an opportunity to me to be able to accomplish and like try to set my mind to and see how far I can push myself and and learn um, about myself as a person, you know, and, and to be inspired or to inspire, like that's what it's really all about is like just pushing yourself, exploring, expanding yourself as a person and, um, and, and, and just enjoying this one life that we all have, right? Because if you don't know, if you never try, then you're never going to know, right? And nothing is worse than not doing it and never finding out than trying and trying your hardest and um, realizing, like, again, I'm never going to be a first place 5k runner. Never going to happen. I'm never going to be <coughs> a, first a first place marathon runner or triathlete. But even in those moments of running long distances, swimming in open water, and realizing, uh, understanding that I myself as an athlete, I'm afraid of swimming in open water, um, competitively, um, and now just exploring that, you know, I can 
you know, disarm somebody in the future, it's just going to be like, I don't know, just really interesting to explore and see and, you know, find out, like, I didn't expect this to ever be a thing in my life, so, um, so, you know, just like, it, it, like, think about that in your life, or, you know, try to apply that in some way of, you know, inspiring yourself, so, it's gonna be a short episode, um, but it was a good episode, and so, today, um, for you had one job segment, um, this one goes out to me, um, so last night, uh, friends and I went out to go see the Black Panther, went to, uh, a diner called, uh, Twin Peaks, it was alright food, like, it was good, uh, their burgers were legit, um, and then we went to, uh, some, some club down in, uh, downtown, and so Siri gets me to the general area, so now I'm having to find a parking spot, right, and it's congested, because, like, you know, they've got the, um, Chinese New Year celebration going on, and that's a three-day thing, and, (laughs) and I don't want to, um, uh, try to get involved in all that, so I'm just trying to find a parking spot, and lo and behold, there was this parking lot, and so there was this parking spot open, and I pulled right into it, and, you know, friends, uh, pile out of my three-seat truck, and, um, they see the sign, and they were like, hey, I think this is a tow-away zone, like, we're not supposed to park here, and I was like, no, I think that sign, because it was, okay, so the sign was on a power pole, and, um, it's really ambiguous, because, like, it's right there on the curb line, so, like, on one side, it, it, it just, it literally looks like that sign applies to the road, so don't park on the road, apparently, is how I interpreted this tow-away zone. Okay, so two o'clock in the morning, and my truck is gone, like, (laughs) major plot twist, so we're all just trying to get back to the hotel, right, and, uh, and, yeah, my truck is gone. I was just like, where's, who took my truck? And I look at the tow sign. I was like, oh my God. So this is like the fifth time my truck has been impounded for X, Y, and Z reasons, such as this. Um, <laughs> I do have a, uh, I do have a string or a run of um, being towed. And so if you don't know how to handle being towed, this is how you do it. You call the company, you ask if they take card or if they take cash because some companies are really sketchy and they will only accept cash for payment and so you have to ask what is the total cost of, you know, the impoundment. So that way you can hit an ATM, pull some cash out, etc. The next bit is that you call a Uber or a taxi and you get yourself to the company. Now, how my situation is now going to differ from how I have always had a situation like this go down is that usually a impoundment company has a secretary who deals with the tickets as they come in. How this company operated, which is called A Plus Towing 
company, Pensacola, Florida, something. How this company fucking operates, which is just beyond, right, is each driver holds the ticket. So while they're out doing their fucking loops or their laps around Pensacola, who who knows where they're driving to, how long they're driving for, or just beat a bopping and hanging out at Starbucks. These people will just dump your truck off at their campsite. They have no secretary. They have nobody there. You have to literally call, ask how long the truck driver is going to be. They then tell you it's going to be about 10 or 15 minutes. That person then comes back, and then they have you pay for your car. Um, well, in like I said, either cash or, you know, card. And so, luckily... Um, you know, they have like the little square swipey machine and you just pay it from there and then you call it a day. Um, so how did last night fare? So it was a $14 movie, um, a $20 dinner, a $5 cover charge, which by the way, I just want to go and hang out there that it was really hilarious to be at the club at about six... No, about 7 in the afternoon, and it was a $5 charge. About 2 o'clock in the morning, and that charge got jumped up to $20. And I was like, really? For two hours? That's kind of expensive. Like, that's a whole bar tab at that point. And then um, it cost $145 to get my truck back from the towing company. <laughs> so, like, major plot twist. Oh, by the way, plus the Uber drive, right? So, um... Last night, for ex- excessive spending, hmm, yeah, it was it was a lot, but uh, if you need to know the basics of being towed, that was pretty much it. Now, who who had that one job? I did, because um, my, my friend in my truck was telling me that he was like, he, he was in there, and he literally said, dude, I think that sign applies to this parking lot, not the road. And I was like, no, it probably just, you know, applies only to the road. Like, you know, we'll see what happens. And then two o'clock in the morning and like, we're all just like ready to just go back to the, uh, to the hotel. And I'm just like, so I had one job and I was trying to not get towed and I got towed. So, um, oops. (laughs) Like, what a what an experience what a, what a story to tell so um what made my month my week my day um so i made it to pensacola and i passed my first test my grade is a 80% tile so i'm i'm okay with that I would really like it to be an A, but um, normally, like, when it comes to me in schooling, like, I'm always a B average student. Like, I've never had a 4.0 ever in my life. Um, it's, like, again, like, my life as a, as a, you know, a pool player, like, I just level the field, like, you know, um, I'm never going to be that, uh, what do you call it, dean's list person um, as much as I would love to try. Um, what made my week? Well, like, you know, just going out and having like a good time with people and friends and making, making connections and, you know, finding p- 
people out there who are just cool people to hang out with. Like that, that, that has really been like, uh, the best. And then, uh, what's made my day? Well, it literally just started. So I've like been awake for three hours because, uh, I got home at about 3.30 in the morning and, um, I just woke up at 10. It's now two o'clock in the afternoon and I've had two cups of coffee and not one meal. So I just felt like, you know, uh, before I really actually go bowls to wool and, um, try to accomplish anything or adult today, I wanted to just get this podcast in and call it a week and, uh, you know, just make it a thing. So karaoke, karaoke definitely made my week and, um, you know, friends just being like amazed at, I guess, the talent that I have, um, and, uh, you know, just having fun. That's what it's really all about. So thanks for listening and being hopefully inspired by, you know, me talking about these things and, um, having like fun and, you know, hanging in there and just know that, you know, whatever, whatever's out there going, going on, like you can always find a way to be inspired by something. And if you just hold on to that and just relish it and extract as much you can from any situation, you can always learn and of course, always pass on, um, what experiences you've had, you know, and inspire others to, to do better in life as well. So thank you for listening. Hope you all have a good week. Talk to you later.